Cashflow Diary Podcast, episode 536. Welcome to yet another exciting episode of the Cashflow Diary Podcast, the podcast that teaches you insider tips, tactics, and strategies for creating leverage streams of cash flow into your life. Learn from top performing entrepreneurs, business owners, investors, and thought leaders from across the globe as they share their secrets to success. Like what you learn on this and other Cashflow Diary podcast episodes? Go to learninvestingnow.com and sign up to receive powerful tips and information that will help you succeed as an entrepreneur and investor. Now, here's your host, investor, entrepreneur, business owner, educator, speaker, author, and master facilitator of Robert Kiyosaki's Cashflow Game, Jay Massey. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Diary Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Massey, and I'm glad that you are here today because when it comes down to it, all of us, you know, like I know, we are on a journey. Your journey has many ups, it has many downs, and it goes sometimes around in circles and occasionally feels like it's spiraling out of control. Here's the thing. No matter where you are on the journey, the most important thing that you can remember to do is to keep going because you never know just how close you might be. In fact, some might say, especially our guest today, might say you are three feet from gold. In fact, he might even say that your thoughts are things. And unless you have the stickability to make it through, you might not actually get there. Now, if you caught what I just said, you know right now that I am talking none other than Dr. Greg S. Reed. He is the author that we have with us today. And what's interesting, he's got a new book, Wealth Made Easy. And uh, I'm interested to hear how easy he's going to be able to make it for us. Now, I know some of you, you are looking for that path some of those shortcuts, some of those hacks, some of those things that you can do today to make sure that you become a bigger, better, better investor, business owner, and definitely a better person. And I think that's exactly what you and I are going to get some insights into. So do me a favor. Let's get ready to listen, learn, and love Greg Reed. Greg, how you doing? I am always good. That was cool. You kind of name dropped like three of my biggest bestsellers all in the intro. Yay! (laughs) I try. I do try. Now, this being the first time that you're here, I have to ask you the same question that I tend to ask everybody else the first time that they're here. You ready? Let's do it. All right. I tend to look at today's entrepreneurs a lot like yesterday's superheroes, Batman, Robin, Wonder Woman, Superman, etc. You get the idea. Because I think entrepreneurs and superheroes have a ton of things in common. For example... Occasionally, as an entrepreneur, I can envision myself running around town, using our products and services, and saving our customers one sale at a time. And yes, I'm probably wearing a cape and some tights at that particular moment. Also, though, like a superhero, an entrepreneur has a beginning. If you think about Spider-Man, for example, there was a time where he was just a kid, going to school, doing his thing, taking some photos, and then one day he gets bit by a spider, discovers he's got a superhuman ability, and now he has to choose. Am I going to use this for good or for evil? So my question to you is as follows. Before all of your books, before being on TEDx and, and, and appearing in Inc. And, and Fox Business, before your your stars and, and secret knock and everything that everybody knows you for today. What we want to know is who is Greg Reed? Hmm. It's so interesting. I grew up. And the main streets of a place called Del Mar, California. It's a little beach community here in San Diego. <laughs> and, you know, it was really interesting. When I was a kid, I, was, I think 17, 
And I graduated high school. I was leaving the house to go get my first apartment. And my dad comes to me and says, you can't leave. He goes, you got to go to college. I go, nah, I'm going to pass on that. And he says, no, 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 you don't understand. We'll send you to any college you want. I said, no, I just want to get into sales and marketing. I want to start working my strengths. And he looked at me and says, son, you're never going to make a living talking to people. And here we are all these years later. And that's exactly what I did. And it's kind of become the running joke. And sometimes you understand that our parents, you know, they mean well for us, but it doesn't mean they always have the right information for us. Yeah, you know, I think there's a number of entrepreneurs who can have stories like that where they see certain things or certain things uh, and they end up going in a completely different direction. So I'm curious. Now, we understand that, you, you know, you've been able to write a, a number of books and, and your secret knock happens uh, uh, consistently and all of these things are going on for you right now. But what we want to know is what formed the, the author, the, the entrepreneur, the person that we know today? Hmm. You know, I, I'm going to go and stay with this superhuman thing. And we'll get to that. You know, okay. my super, my superhuman's power mm-hmm. is that I have the ability to not give a shit. Yeah. That's, okay. I, I think that's, I think that's it because at the end of the day, everyone has told me no and what I can't do my whole life. And I just never let it affect me. You know, there's a coffee mug at Disneyland that says, what would you do if you could not fail? And to me, it was always, what would you do? if you stop worrying what other people thought. Mm. And that's the attitude I adopted. And from there, I've done unspeakable great things only because I didn't listen to people tell me what I could and could not do. And I just went to do what I desired. You know what? And that's a great place to start because I know that there's a number of individuals who are listening right now. And as they're listening, they they saying to themselves, and if they could right now, they would say to you, but but Greg, you don't you don't understand. My mom says this and and the test score I took said this and, and I went to college oh. for this and I'm too short. I'm too tall. I'm too scared. <laughs> you know, I, I, what do you mean? I, I have don't I have to care about what other people are saying that how else am I supposed to take their advice? Mm. Well, again, first of all, you don't seek uh, advice. I, one of the greatest ahas I, I ever had was successful people seek and listen to and apply counsel mm-hmm. or failures listen to opinion. An opinion is based on ignorance, lack of knowledge, and inexperience. So if you go to a family friend and tell me you're going to write a book, they might talk you out of it if they've never written a best-selling book. But if I go to Jack Canfield, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, and say, hey, Jack, I want to write a book, he'll sit me down and give me counsel based on wisdom, knowledge, mentorship. If we would spend our activities only seeking counsel and ignoring opinions, that's the day your life would change. So I love my family. I love my friends. I'll go golfing with them and have Thanksgiving, but I promise I'm not going to talk to them about my business ventures because they just don't understand. And when people say, hey, you don't understand, let me explain some. I've been now published in over 78 books, 45 languages, and I have an honorary PhD and a doctorate in literature. Now I cannot spell. I cannot read. I have dyslexia. If you play me words with friends, you'll win every time. And the (laughs) fact of the matter is I understood the power of working your strengths and hiring your weaknesses. So I'm full of crap. I'm a great talker. So I hired amazing ghostwriters who would sit me down and take my words and then craft them in a way people would want to read it. So all we got to do is understand that power. Yeah, you know what's funny is that I actually enjoy words with friends. Occasionally, I play with my mom a lot, so that that's usually how that one goes. But I, I get you there. Is 
many times we spend a lot of time, we meaning the proverbial entrepreneurs or the individuals who are looking to do something bigger, better, better than what they are currently doing. We spend an inordinate amount of time focused on our weaknesses and what we can't do. Now, when it came down to it, let's talk about that that first book. Oh, what was a, that oh, like? Brutal. I remember I was speaking at a university and a kid came up to me and he says, hey, man, you should write a book. I go, man, that's a great goal. I've never really read a book. And so I took it on. <laughs> and I, there's a thing when you write a book, it's called a query letter. It says basically who you are, what's your message, why are you an expert, who's going to read your book? I sent these things out every single day and I was turned down 268 publishers in a row. Wow. The 269th publisher said, we'll do your book. All you have to do is change the title, the beginning, the middle, and the end. And right then and there, I realized that I didn't know what I was doing. So I sought out a ghostwriter. So my book said, hey, a boy has an entrepreneurial spirit. He gets up off his ass. He goes outside, mows some lawns, makes some money, and he gets what he wants. And they took it and said, it was a glorious Sunday afternoon when a young bright-eyed lad took his best friend to meet the new day. As he went outside with the entrepreneur, and they wrote it in a way that people would want to read it. And so I understood I'd stay in my lane. And by doing that, here mm -hmm. we are today. So, you know, there, there's something important in that because there's a number of entrepreneurs out there, you know, maybe whether they're trying to get their first real estate transaction, raise capital, talk to investors, build their first widget, bring their invention to the marketplace. They've heard no, but they, they haven't heard no 268 times in all the various forms, I can imagine. And yet they they feel like they have failed what would you say to a person who's having that as their current reality well it's interesting in the new book uh wealth made easy one of the wealth hacks is just that i, I sat down with all these people uh you know i'm gonna backtrack and, and lead into this i, I spent mm -hmm. three years and i traveled the world mm -hmm. and i met people worth a hundred million to a billion dollars and i just sat them down and said hey what exactly did you do not like the, you know, what you eat for breakfast and your mindset really didn't care. I said, what, what actionable stuff did you do? And they told me, and I deduced it down to one page each, which we'll get to in a second. But one of the people came up to me, who's a major investor. I mean, this guy's worth, you know, $500 million. And he says, you got to understand, you got to get to bat 26 times. You know, what does that mean? He goes, well, think about it. He goes, all the great baseball players who strike out, you've heard all the cliches of, the, you know, you got to strike out you know, seven out of 10 times to make it into the Hall of Fame. He says in business, it's 26 times. And he goes, so you have to swing at the bat 26 attempts of a different investment, things of this nature until you finally get a home run. He goes, so the bottom line is it's just like a deck of cards. He goes, if you had a deck of cards and you know there's four aces, you flip the first one, there's a three. You don't cry and complain it's a three. You flip another card. It's a jack. You flip another card till you get your ace. But unfortunately, people get stuck up and they go, oh, it's a seven. Why does it have to be a seven? Realizing all they got to do is flip another card. So as soon as I grasped that, I had made 26 my magic number. So I'm reaching out and looking at as many opportunities as possible so I can hit that grand slam. Okay, so let's take I'm going to take this card and we're going to run with it. Because there's a, a number of individuals who who stare you in the face and say, you know what, Greg, I, I, OK, I can believe that I get that there are aces in the deck. Yet, when we're in the process of flipping those cards, we can either a forget that there are aces in the deck or begin to believe that the aces won't come up for us ever. That mindset, though, 
is something that I think a number of people are, are, are dealing with. When you were out there interviewing the millionaires and billionaires, what what would you think they would say uh, to something like them? Well, I think one of the things they all had in common was that word you used earlier called stickability. Look, you know, the, 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 the fact well, let, of- let, Let's be real. That, that's your word. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, well, Napoleon Hills that I borrowed. So the whole concept is this. I remember interviewing Truett Cathy. And, and, and I said, I go, Love look, I want to be a billionaire. Yeah, I go, I want to be a billionaire like you. What do I do different? And he said, stop planning so much. Well, hmm. What do you mean? I, I, he goes, last year you had a lot of plans. I go, yeah. He goes, how did that work out for you? He goes, I guarantee you'll hit goals because you're an action taker and you'll get out and do it. He goes, but stop getting so caught up in how it has to happen. I go, what do you mean? He says, look, if I'm on my sofa and I want to get to the end of the street, that's my goal. I have to get off my backside and take action and move toward it. He goes, then I look for and capitalize on unexpected opportunities. Mm. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, did a kid leave a skateboard or a bicycle out to make my journey short? If I get lucky, I'll wave down a neighbor and I'll hitch a ride to the end of the street. He goes, either way, I'll get to my goal. I'm just not so caught up in exactly how it has to happen. So for the people that come up to me and say, I don't know the thing. Look, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not here to fix you. It's not my job. The realities are that's your reality. So for me, I have a different reality. I expect every time I pick up a phone call that someone's going to say yes on the other line because that seems to be my history. So maybe that's why people do it. But I also understand this. The most successful people are also the most available people. So I reach out to the highest possible human beings on the planet so I can get the information and get counsel right from the source. So when it comes to, you know, reaching, because that what you just said right there, there's a number of people, I mean, especially in today's day and age, it it feels like everybody's accessible. I mean, you know, even our president likes to tweet a lot. So you you have the ability to to reach and contact any, uh, you know, nearly anyone that you would like. So when it comes when it comes down to it, though, uh, has there ever been a time where you've had to be a little bit more persistent and and what was who was that person and what was that like and i mean i'm just curious like did it did it all happen on the first try not always but you just have stickability and you keep pounding away at it but you never know how it's going to happen so let me see here at secret knock by the way so i you mentioned earlier i have I the ford inc and entrepreneurs top business event for business leaders and it's grown so much since the time that you came many years ago. And, and what happened is that we started reaching out to these crazy people. I mean, I, it's, it's phenomenal to me. I mean, this last year I was sitting on stage and I remember uh, President Vicente Fox comes on stage and I go, hey, Vicente, I go, let's start our interview very slow and we'll work our way up. And he goes, okay, Greg, what do you want to talk about? I say, I understand you're building me a wall. And he went, what? <laughs> he just flipped out, right? <laughs> and I brought in everyone from Tonino Lamborghini to the founder of Showtime, the inventor of the credit card magnetic strip to the founder of Ugg Boots. But the toughest one I had to do was the, uh, I did a private Skype with Edward Snowden while he's hiding in Russia. Wow. And what's interesting of that one is going through all the, you know, security and things of this nature and rigmarole and the lawyers and stuff like that. But the interview was pretty spectacular. We had to move locations a couple of times just to pull this thing off. And at the end of the interview, I go, hey, uh, Ed, I got, I, go, I got one last question. This what? I go, well, look, before I ask you this, make sure your lawyers are on the line so they can answer, you know, accordingly. I don't want you to make a mistake. He goes, okay. And I go, he goes, what is it? I go, no, no, no. I go, the way you answer this question is going to affect every single person 
ever watches this. So make sure you use every word meticulously when you answer. And he goes, Greg, what's the question? I go, how do you delete your internet search engine for porn? And he started laughing. <laughs> and he goes, what are you talking about? And he sent me a letter later saying, best question ever. And I realized if you can talk to people on a human level and you can understand exactly what they want and you can give them what they desire, you can ultimately have anything and everything you want in life. So you've been, you've had the privilege of speaking, like you said, with a number of individuals and knowing a number of individuals. I often get the question and I'm curious for yourself, what motivates you to, to keep doing what you're doing? Yeah, it's fun. I mean, I, I, I enjoy it, but again, this is, this is not what I do for my you know, job is what I do because I love it. I, I run seven, you know, corporations. So I have everything from a publicly traded, you know, medical company down to an event business. I write books. I'm a public speaker, but then I have a movie production company that, you know, we have a first major feature film, uh, June 7th in theaters around the country. So uh, you, you name it, I'm kind of dabbling in all these different activities. And that's what keeps me preoccupied. So something interesting that you shared before we we got started, because as individuals are listening, they can get the impression that there's anything that you have decided that you wanted to do, you have done. And in fact, you mentioned that you've recently completed your bucket list. I would love to hear what some of those things are. And I think some people would be inspired to know what some of those things were that that were there for you. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and I'm glad that you are enjoying what you are hearing thus far. But here's one of the things that's really important. One of the most important things that you can do is get started. One of the things that I've said before, and I say again, once you get started, stay started. But more importantly, there can be lots of roadblocks to getting started. So what we're going to do is we're going to remove one of those roadblocks for you and make it a little bit easier because the thing that I don't want to stop you is thinking, do I need a local number? How about a long distance number? Or should it be 800? How on earth am I going to make that happen so that people can contact me as I'm out there building my business, making my cash flow grow, but most importantly, understanding that it doesn't have to be difficult. Many of you may know, but if you don't there's a company out there by the name of Grasshopper. And what I want you to do is I want you to go over to trygrasshopper.com forward slash cash flow diary. Grasshopper is the entrepreneur's phone system. It works like a traditional phone system, but requires no hardware to purchase, no software to install. It's just the number that flat works. So if you are out there building that distributed workforce across many different locations, it's a way for you to still go out there and make your number be unified, simple, easy to use, something we've been using for quite some time. So again, go over to trygrasshopper.com forward slash cashflow diary. Now let's get back to the rest of the story. Yeah. When I was a kid, I, I did the bucket list, 80 things and they were insurmountable things, by the way, at that time. And I just last year knocked it off. And by the way, it was probably the, one of the most disappointing, depressed times of my life because I realized that that's it. And right. so I have a great ending to this story, but it was really surreal for me. So I did everything from I climbed and mounted, uh, you know, summited Mount Kilimanjaro. I've ran with the bulls in Spain and Pamplona. I've swam with sharks. I've carried the torch for the Olympics. I've spoken at the United Nations. I've been to the Pentagon. I've been invited to the most incredible things on planet Earth. I've been published in major magazines and books. Uh, 
made a movie. I mean, I, I've done incredible things that were just insanely impossible when I wrote them down. And what's really, really nice about that is that as soon as you have a dream and you move toward it and you look for unexpected opportunity and you share that dream, you'd be amazed how many people um, are jumping on board to help you see that come through. And, you know, the, again, the most successful people are the most available. I remember saying, hey, I want to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, but, you know, I don't want to get killed and I want to run with the bulls, but I don't want to get gorded. So what we did is I adopted the number one, you know, athlete in the Olympics, Ruben Gonzalez, four-time World Olympics in four different decades. And we found the person who wrote the definitive book on running with the bulls council and said, Hey man, we're going to go do this. Where do we stand statistically after all these years <laughs> where we have the best time, but not get killed. And he says, well, on this little turn over here, you go up about 150 feet and stand right in between the street. The bulls are going to run to the side of you and the people stampede to the other side. You'll be in the middle with a clear lane. Where do you think we did? We ran right to that spot and we had the best time ever. So again, I've done amazing things, but they've all been strategically correct. So when it comes down to it, what would you say is the the thing like, I mean, for a lot of individuals, you know, maybe they, they want to build their business to a certain goal and then they maybe they get there and they experience that same letdown like you like you just mentioned. What's next? Well, you know, it's interesting. After I did it, you know, people kept saying, well, add more to your bucket list. And I go, man, I've, I've literally done everything I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So. I had an aha, and I kind of got this from you in its own little interesting way. A couple of the things from WealthHack, by the way, are Jay Massey little takeaways, and we'll get to that when we finally talk about it. But what's really, really interesting for me is I have a seven-year-old son, and I sat him down, and I said, Colt, I go, what is it you'd like to do? And he goes, man, he goes, I want to go to Hawaii. He goes, I've seen those pictures and stuff like that. I'd like to fly in a helicopter. So boom, booked a flight, went over there and did it. He goes, dad, you know, I've always wanted to fly in a private plane. You know, he sees all this stuff on the internet and YouTube channels and stuff. So boom, done. He goes, hey, I want to meet, you know, Jake Paul, his hero. So I had a video, <laughs> you know, made for him so he could have. So what I'm doing is I'm, I'm now my bucket list is fulfilling my son's bucket list. And I got to tell you, it's way more fun than mine. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Okay. That that totally makes sense. So let, let's get down to it. Um, when it comes to the, the title, some people would have a challenge with your title. It says wealth made easy. They probably have trouble with the word easy. I'm going to say that, you know, you did that on purpose. So I would love to know why. Well, to begin with, if you have a problem with it, that's their problem. Again, <laughs> I don't really I give a shit. I knew so, that was coming. That, that's their own issue. Yeah. I mean, and don't read it. Write your own book. That's pretty much my take well, on well, that. I think and, they're still interested in the book. I just think it's the title where someone well, would understand. go, go, I, they're going to go, yeah, I, right. I understand. And it, I, all I can say is that's their issue. Got but it. I, it was that easy. And it was, it was so fun for me doing this because. I'm a simpleton, you know, I'm just a regular guy. And, and what would happen is I'd spend three hours to three days with these amazing people and they would tell me all what they did. And then I deduce it down to a soundbite and, and they loved it because they go, I've been trying to explain forever. And I, I called the first billionaire guy and said, will mm -hmm. you teach me exactly what you did? And he goes, 100% absolutely. Yes. And I said, why? And he said, no one ever asked me. He goes, my grandkids are fighting over my inheritance and my kids want to drive new Lamborghinis, but nobody has asked me how I did it. 
And so the first guy sat down. I go, how did you make a billion dollars in dirt? And he says, that's easy. He says, time plus land is wealth. I go, explain that. He says, all I do is I find a town anywhere in the world that's growing exponentially at 25% a year. Go on Google Maps. It's free. You can find it anywhere. He goes, I look for Broadway, Main Street, and I draw a line out eight miles and I buy the dirt. That's it. He goes, I rent that dirt to farmers who pay the lease so it's free and I get vegetables for years. As the town continues to grow at 25%, it ends up on my plot. And since I'm on Main Street Broadway, I own the biggest amount of land. And that's what I sell to the big box stores for 800 times what I paid, a billion dollars. Got it. Now, in that one strategy alone, there's a characteristic that I think is, um, I don't know if it's a characteristic as much as it is a quality of, of, of being that requires, well, patience and, and flies straight in the face of this immediate gratification and, and the things that we can get used to, uh, you know, just from the way that we live today. Do, would Absolutely. you? Well, no, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, so many people talk about the law of attraction and the law of action, all that. Again, people discount the biggest one. It's called the law of gestation. And again, you and I spoke about this at a restaurant many years ago when you were talking about gold and silver and things of this nature. And it was really interesting. So if you want to grow a carrot, you have to plant a carrot seed and it takes 16 weeks or what have you to grow that carrot. And if you keep pulling it up and looking at it, it will never become a carrot. But that's what we do as entrepreneurs is we have to understand that the universe and the laws of energy are there to help us, are conspiring to help us. So we have to get out of our own way sometimes and we have to plant the seeds of success and then let the law of gestation run its course. And so that's where the patience comes into to play. What were some of the other characteristics that you have found to be like a through line for many of the individuals who made their wealth easy? You know, a lot of them weren't overly positive, so I haven't been sharing them. But I, I, I will tell you this, some of the most brilliant ones to me were the most simple. I mean, for example, I remember Lamborghini and I were sitting in, in India mm -hmm. and we were talking things out and I go, I just don't get it. I go, how did you and your dad, you know, no TV commercials, no, no how in the world did you create all this money? And he said, that's easy, Greg. He goes, all you got to do is create a product, good or service that people will save their money to happily hand it to you. Hmm. So what do you mean? He goes, well, he goes, no one's going to save their money to buy your book or go to your seminar. He goes, but people cash in their 401k to drive my car. He goes, no one's going to pay $2,000 a night to live in their own apartment, but you're going to cash in the whole family vacation fund to go to Anaheim and give it to a mouse with big ears. He goes, <laughs> if you can create a product, good or service that people save their money to happily hand it to you, you'll never have a complaint, a chargeback or angry customer, and you'll create unlimited wealth and prosperity. You know what? I, I'm just thinking about some of the things that, you know, I do and have done. I'm like, that one actually kind of fits uh, because of the way that we, we play in the real estate market. I'm curious, what would you say when you were interviewing these people? Oftentimes when you have the, the privilege of doing so, there are lots of little lessons that you get to learn yourself. When it comes mm -hmm. to wealth made easy this far into your career, Mm -hmm. what else is there for, for you to learn? And what did you learn in this particular process? Well, before I answer that, may can I answer this? It'll take about five minutes. Sure, to sure, sure, sure. I don't know our block of times, but this is- this We're is, good. We got lots of time. One, 
Jay, this one hurt. This one hurt my head, and it still does to this day. Okay, and because it goes against every single thing that I ever thought. So imagine every single thing I've ever written about wealth and prosperity is wrong. So that's where I'm at. What? And so I sat down. Yeah, I know it, it was really weird. So I sat down with this guy. He's worth multi multi billion dollars, and he's coming to prosperity camp here in June at my house. And it was really interesting. Um, I sat him down. I said, "Why are you?" a multi-billionaire and I'm not. I go, I'm just as smart as you. I take just as much action as you. I go, I don't get it. And he looked me straight in the eye, didn't even miss a beat and says, Greg, it's because you believe the bullshit lies that you spread to the world. He goes, you are the person that suppresses mankind. You're the person who keeps everyone down. And by the way, we thank you. He goes, you are the person who does all of the work for us. I went, what? And he goes, Greg, he goes, you go out there and you're the purveyor of the greatest lie that's ever been told. I go, what's that? He says, to follow your passion and the money will follow. He goes, please keep those bumper stickers alive. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, think of all the memes that you put out there. Follow your passion, not a paycheck. And then they wonder why they're broke. He goes, what you'll do is you'll find someone who's a welder their entire life, an admirable field. They finally retire. They got a nest egg. They go to a Tony Robbins seminar. They decide to follow their passion, open a yogurt shop. He goes, 90% of businesses fail the first year, not because of their passion or their desire. It's because they know nothing about yogurt. He goes, but when they go under, it's their baby. So they hold on so long because it's their passion because you taught them this. And he goes, as they sink, holding on to an anchor, pulling them down, they also pull down their car and their boat and their house. And he goes, Woo-hoo, we love that. We sweep in and buy it pennies on the dollar. Would you please write more books? And I looked at him, I said, what are you talking about? He goes, we're like a game of Frogger. We ride a log until it has a dip and we jump to the next log. We can never go down with a ship. It's just business. He goes, we create so much wealth, so much prosperity that we use that finances to finance our passion. He goes, you guys do it in reverse. He goes, we own all the stadiums and the football leagues that all the people following their passion on the field are literally killing themselves for a couple million bucks. He goes, they'll get rich, but we'll get wealthy. He goes, do you think the sheiks or the Gettys had passion for crude oil? He goes, you think waste management has passion for dirty diapers and rotten cheese? He goes, you think the aggregate dealers have passion for sand and gravel that builds all the freeways, but they control all mankind. And more importantly, He goes, they're the ones that built all the universities, the ballet, the arts, all the things that you know and love. He goes, so stop following your passion and look for and seize opportunity. Interesting. The the challenge is there is that there's a lot of us that we're not even trained to to see opportunities on that scale or level. Well, I may give it to you right now. It's interesting because I sat down with another billionaire and asked the same question. Yeah. And he looked at me and says, well, he goes, you're just too kind. And I said, what? what? <laughs> I don't make money? He goes, yeah. He goes, you're just too kind. He goes, you don't understand the wealth mindset. And I go, give me an example. He goes, I'll give you an example. Exact same scenario. Uh-huh. One of us is wealthy. You are not. And he goes, here's what it is. He goes, you'll find a guy. Maybe it goes to your seminar who wants to uh, sell his airplane. He wants to upgrade to another one. You'll have another friend who wants to buy their first airplane. And you're such a nice guy. You put them together. I go, yeah. And he goes, you're an idiot. I go, what are you talking about? I go, same scenario. He goes, I go to the guy who wants to sell the plane and say, look, I don't know anyone that wants to buy one. But if I happen to stumble across him, would you give me a 20% finder fee if I hook you up? They can say, absolutely. I want to get rid of this plane. You go to the other guy and say, hey, I don't know anyone that wants to sell a plane. But if I stumble across one and put you in touch, 
will you give me free airline tickets to Hawaii? Because I like to take the family a couple times a year. They're going to say, absolutely. I've always wanted a plane. Then you say, hey, guys, you should meet. Exact same scenario. Yeah, it, it's funny. That one, that one actually hits home because we've been doing we've been doing the other scenario for for quite some time so we're i'm learning to to modify uh, that one myself so I, i'm well, and, and that's and that's the idea it's it's this book wealth made easy i yeah. promise you it's going to hurt your head when you read it you can go holy crap holy crap holy crap because they're so simple and that i made it easy and again go back and argue it but it's easy and you go wow 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 and then i did something crazy and started applying. Hold on, hold on. You say that like that's a unique thing, Greg. That <laughs> you did something. You you were always on the edge of the the of exactly what's possible. Many people would call everything that you do is crazy. It's not one thing, but this is yeah. awesome. So let, let's go. I'm interested to hear. Well, it was, it was interesting along this this quest. One person who was uh-huh. gave me the one the greatest ahas. He's not a rich guy, but I had to put in this book because it changed the way that I started doing business deals that made me wealthier. And he taught me something called CPC, and that stands for Clues, Patterns, Choices. And unfortunately, like in this interview, we were talking, it's like, well, these people think this and this people think. I'm so over that. It's about taking accountability and responsibility for your own stuff. So for example, if I go out on a first date and someone shows up late and she's 20 minutes late. Well, there's something called the C it's called the clue. If I go on the second and third date and they're 20 minutes late each time, that's called a pattern. Now it's my choice to decide whether I'm going to deal with it, address it, not see them or what have you, but it's not their fault. They're just late. And as soon as you take that accountability and responsibility on yourself, things start changing. So I had some business deals in my life where I saw a clue where they were treating other people poorly. And I thought, oh, they won't do it to me. It'll be different. Then mm-hmm. I saw a pattern of them doing it consistently to other people. Mm-hmm. And then when I did business with them, they ended up did cheat me. And I go, God, those guys are jerks. No, guess what? I saw them the entire time doing it. I just chose to go that direction. So now I'm hyper aware to follow clues, patterns, and then ultimately now understand that I'm responsible for making the choice whether I decide to go down that road. Everything in my life changed that moment because as soon as I started taking accountability responsibility, it no longer is the snake's fault for biting me. I watched the snake rattle. I saw it bite other people. It's my fault. <laughs> my hand in there. You're like, look, it's a snake. It's poisonous. Eh, it'll be fine. Uh, no, it won't be. And being having the capacity, the the responsibility, if you will, to recognize that, and as you say, not really care, uh, so that you can still move forward, and knowing that all of that's okay. That it's interesting how we need permission occasionally to go do that, which gets me to my question. Oftentimes, I, I have seen humans. We can wait for someone's, uh, you know, blessing to actually go step into the greatness that we were born to be. Was that anywhere in any sort of conversation with any of the individuals that you interviewed for this book? No, all every one of them was a trendsetter. Again, they had that super power, power that I have. And that was the common thing because think about it. Who in their right mind would go create all the amazing things that we know, like, and trust and use today? No one would, you know, and so it's the people that were the trendsetters, the people that paved the way. And that's usually doing contrarian 
uh, investing. It's also doing contrarian you know, business practices, meaning watch the masses and go the other direction. So wh- how do you think we end up getting stuck going down these wrong paths? Because we watch the television and the internet and we just follow status quo. And again, it's not, I don't think it's our fault. It's just what we're taught, right? All we know is all we know. So the same thing, look, no one was born a Christian or a, or, or Jewish or a Muslim or whatever. They were only, they were born and then they were taught those things. And it's the same thing. If you were born in a household where you were taught uh, poverty and that's all you saw, then that's what you know. If you were in another society and saw opportunities, another thing. So the whole idea is, look, surround yourself with people that are getting the results you want. That's, that's my big, the only thing I, Greg Reed does different in this world is that, you know, I, I, my movie that's coming out, I don't know anything about making major Hollywood feature films. So what I did is I got on the internet and I found people that just won Oscars and Emmys and Golden Globes. And I called them up and said, Hey, I want to make a movie. What do I do? And I sought counsel from people that knew what they're talking about. And I followed those successful actions. And here we are today. So the key principle things that I do in my life is surround myself with people that I have respect for, not people I have influence over. So let's pretend that someone listening to, to use another one of your books, they want to take the initiative and surround themselves with more people and possibly want to do so through, I believe, Secret Knock. Uh, what would be, what is that for those that don't know? And how, how might they find their way there? Well, it's the greatest event that you cannot go to. <laughs> so the whole idea is we're the weirdest thing. What we did is instead of coaches, teachers, mentors, we just started bringing the actual human being that's done and accomplished what everyone else is talking about. So again, if you want to start a nonprofit, here's the founder of Make-A-Wish. Hey, I want to start a clothing line. Here's the founder of Ugg Boots. I want to get into the entertainment space. Here's the founder of Showtime Television. Here's the founder of the E! Channel. And what we do is surround ourselves with the actual people that are thriving at what we've always dreamt about. And it's interesting to go. It's $3,000 to attend, and we will not tell you where it is or who will even be there. You have to go online, fill out an application, and then someone calls to make sure you're not a wackerdoodle before we even talk about even accepting you. So if you're wearing a tinfoil hat and talking to dead aliens through your cat, you ain't coming to my event. And so that's what it's all about. Uh, Wackerdoodle. Wackerdoodle. <laughs> yeah. No, long it's taken me to build up the relationships with all these people. The last thing I need is have an amazing human being like President Vicente Fox sitting there and some wackerdoodle comes up to him and said, hey, look, uh, some alien was talking to me last night through Jupiter. And, right. I just don't need that. So what happens is I make sure that we, you know, pre-screen everyone that comes. Now, look, you don't have to be rich and successful to attend. You just have to have the willingness that one day you'd like to be. And, and then once you put yourself in that circle, amazing things happen. You can read all the books. You can listen to all the seminars. You can listen to all these podcasts. But imagine how fast your life would you know, go to the next dimension if you just sat face to face, knees and knees and had a, you know, a beer and shared a couple tacos with the person who's already done what you want to do. And that's what we offer at Secret Knock. Now, for those that have listened this far, have enjoyed our banter back and forth, want to find out, you know, more about what you've got going on, maybe even, you know, find their way into Secret Knock, pick up a copy of Wealth Made Easy, for example. What's going to be the best way for them to track you down? Well, there's a brand new um, thing out there. It's called Google. 
And so you can use that bad boy. That'll work. And, but the main thing, if you want to just talk to me direct, go to Instagram because it goes right to my cell phone and I always got it on and I'm always on it. So if you go to Instagram at Greg S Reed or Dr. Greg Reed and, and you click on me, follow, and then send me a DM, uh, I'd be glad to connect with you direct. And it's not going through a secretary reception. It goes right to me personally. Perfect. Now, as we wind down here, I've got a final question for you because I'm curious to hear your answer. Um, as I mentioned earlier, there's a number of individuals who are listening and probably just in the course of this conversation, they've reached that point. They're ready to draw that line in the sand. And they're like, you know what? If Greg can do his bucket list, I can do mine. You know what? I- I'm tired of six figures. I'm ready for seven. I'm tired of seven. I'm ready for eight, nine. There is more out there for me and I'm going to go get it. And you know, like I know. That oftentimes when we draw that line in the sand, there's there's a we're at what I like to call the precipice of decision. And when we're there, we have a companion. That companion often comes in the form of a voice. And it's a voice that reminds us of, well, it didn't work last time. And who are you? Do you honestly think you can do those things? And for some people, they're related to that voice. So my question to you is as follows. Let's pretend that this time it's going to be different. This time, they're not going to let anything stop them. And in fact, they're going to do exactly what you suggest. And they're going to do so in the next 24 to 48 hours. What would you suggest that they do? Stop sharing your ideas, goals, aspirations with people that you already know are not going to support you. Again, clues, patterns, choices. So uh, take accountability and responsibility and take action and do it and with around people that are getting the results you want. Look, again, if I want to write a book and I'm going to go to my significant other or a family member and say, I'm going to do it. If they've never done it, why am I even wasting that breath? It makes no logical sense. But what I would do is I would seek somebody who's already got the results I want. If I wanted to be a best-selling author, I wouldn't go to people who wrote great books. I go to Barnes and Noble and go to the best-selling book section and ask the best-selling authors how they did it. Be very strategic. Surround yourself with people that are getting the results you want. Stop sharing with your ideas and goals with dream killers and dream stealers and surround yourself with people that ultimately are going to help you succeed. I love it. I definitely appreciate your tenacity, your continued and focused energy that you have always had in the fact that you have clearly said things like that you are always good. I've always remembered that about you. And that's excellent. And I'm glad that that continues today. And I just want to say thank you for taking the time to share your knowledge, wisdom, and insight here with with us at the Cashflow Diary. Absolutely, dude. I mean, we go way back. And what's really interesting is in Wealth Made Easy, I put a couple things that you and I talked about many years ago. We did Coin is King, where, (laughs) you know, it doesn't take, you know, a million dollars to get a million dollars. It takes a jar with a goal on there. And when you come home, you reach in your pocket and you pay out your change and you put it in that jar and don't touch it. And you feed that dream. And then when you go to dinner and you pick up the tab and I was going to pay for it, well, I'm going to say, how much was that? You're going to say 42 bucks. I was going to spend that anyway. That goes in the jar. And if we can start feeding our dreams and doing it at incremental little bits, the compounding effect adds up and ultimately you can get everything you desire. All right, ladies and gentlemen. You know what time it is. It's time for you to move at the speed of instruction. What does that mean? That means go pick up a copy of the book, Wealth Made Easy. You already know how to use Google, so you have no excuse. But most importantly, here's some things that I want to make sure that you remember. You must remember to ask ourselves the the very important questions. Yes, you have clues. And yes, there are patterns. And yes, you can make choices. 
But remember to ask yourself this today. What would you do? What would you do if you could not fail? Ladies and gentlemen, it's been fun talking to you today. I look forward to talking to you soon. Until next time. (laughs) 